Hi, I'm Maddie. And I'm David. And you're listening to Legend Logic. episode or topic number six topic number six episode one and what's the topic david witchies and whizzies <laughs> <laughs> i was not expecting that to come yeah. out of your mouth pretty so it was funny right i just came up with that just now mm, but yeah yeah no we were really surprised uh when we picked out this topic out of the treasure chest of mystery that it was actually going to go along with halloween because we were really stressing out about that. I was like, we're probably going to pick something for the month of October that has absolutely nothing to do with Halloween. It's going to be really, really just weird and jarring. But no, we, mm-hmm. we got witches and wizards. Yeah, I mean, as your friend Amelia said, I think in the comments on our Instagram post, we really, we really manifested mm. that it was going to be something potentially spooky, depending on what we choose to talk about. Mine will be spooky. Mine is talking about a story that should be a little more spooky than it is, but it isn't. So, but I'm excited to talk about it. That's good. I'm excited for Halloween. Wine. What are we going to be for Halloween? No idea. We we haven't talked about that. You said, I feel like you have a way of saying, we need to do this. Like you put it out there and then we don't come back to it for a while. Because I put it out there thinking that maybe you'll also think on it. So that way when we come back to it, you'll have some input. Ah. And you don't ever (laughs) depends on what it is i guess but yeah i don't know i was never a big dress up on halloween guy okay well i am but gal that's fine and i enjoyed it when we when we have done it in the past so yeah i'm down i just we gotta come up with a good one though yeah i don't know what that is yet me neither i don't love like really dated costumes like when people do things that are like very much this year like last year everybody did like stranger things things. yeah Yeah. five ten years down the line you're gonna look at those pictures and be like what even were we like what is that i always like the ones that are like jokes or like they're like puns or something like oh yeah yeah i like uh, those i'm trying to think like spudnik for example spudnik yeah loved that that'd be a great that was hilarious to me yeah anyway if you have any good ideas for us to dress up for halloween Halloween. Yeah, let us know. What are we talking about today, Dave? Today we are talking about somebody who could be called the OG wizard. Merlin the Magician. Ooh. And we love alliteration here on Legend Legend Logic. (laughs) So I had to go with Merlin the Magician, even though I'm talking about him because he's a wizard. I've never heard him. He's definitely a wizard. I've never heard him be called a magician before. Just like throughout some of the articles I read, people called him Merlin the Magician. But again, I think that's just because of the alliteration. Interesting. Yeah. He's not a magician. I was going to say, nothing that he does is magician-esque. I really thought about like starting off by like asking you what your impressions of Merlin were. Sure. In an effort to sort of get like a baseline of like, this is what general people think of Merlin, but you're not a general person when it comes to legends, so I feel like that Um, wouldn't be very representative. I mean, when I think of Merlin, I think of, like, happy kid cartoons. Okay. And stuff like that where 
I don't know, there's just a little goofy wizard or something. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know a whole lot about the Knights of the Round Table. Like, okay. that whole period of time has never, like, grabbed my attention for that mm-hmm. long. When I think of great wizards, mm-hmm. he comes into the list. It yeah. goes Gandalf, Dumbledore, and then Merlin. So you put Gandalf before Dumbledore. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I will die on this hill. Okay. So- I will die on this hill. In no way am I saying that I think Dumbledore is more powerful than Gandalf. I will die on this hill. I just like Dumbledore more sure. than Gandalf. That's fine. And that's Personally. fine. But you also didn't watch Lord of the Rings until like the last year and I forced you to. But it was the same way with Harry Potter. I didn't force you to watch Harry Potter. No, but I didn't watch it until the last few years. Yeah, but you really liked it. You didn't like Lord of the Rings. I made you watch Lord of the I Rings. I didn't dislike Lord of the Rings. I feel like I had similar reactions, honestly. Like I struggled to get through them initially. Just because they are things that are so hyped. And it's hard for me to get the same enjoyment out of things that have been so, like, overly hyped to me before. Mm-hmm. But, anyway. And, I, you know, I think it's safe to say, I don't know this for sure, but I think it's safe to say that both Dumbledore and Gandalf were inspired in some way by Merlin. Oh, 100%. Yeah. So, again, the OG wizard that we're talking about here. For sure. But anyway, I think that that actually wasn't a bad answer to set this up because you immediately connected him to King Arthur and Camelot and Knights mm-hmm. of the Round Table. And he's not necessarily like, I mean, he is he's not I, part of that. No, he is. He definitely is connected to okay. that. But there's a lot more to him than that. You also think of him as like a really righteous character as well, correct? I don't have enough information, I feel like, to answer that question. But generally, when I think of wizards, I usually think of them as noble but mischievous i'm actually really surprised i feel like you have less knowledge of merlin than i thought you were gonna have i thought you were gonna have more than the average person honestly right now i feel like you have less than the average person i see king arthur and the knights of the round table as noble characters Mm -hmm. but i see merlin as being maybe like a tool of theirs rather than the leader of anything hmm interesting okay decent setup spot thank you all right you're welcome I'll go into a little bit of these traditional stories and his traditional powers that people generally think of him as. Okay. And I think that's helpful because you don't have a lot of yeah, me. Yeah, back for sure. knowledge on him. But essentially all the traditional stories that people think of with Merlin are those that are directly tied to King Arthur. And honestly, when it comes down to it, I don't feel like Merlin gets enough credit for his part in all of these stories. Okay. To me, like... Merlin was basically doing everything behind the scenes, and King Arthur was just sort of along for the ride. Interesting. Yeah. First of all, Merlin was there long before King Arthur was, and he was actually directly involved in King Arthur's conception. He used his shape-shifting powers to sneak King Arthur's father into enemy territory, to sleep with his enemy's wife, which resulted in Arthur's conception. So Wow, so much therapy necessary for that family. <laughs> yeah, so he was responsible for the creation of King Arthur Quite in the first literally. place. Yeah. Another story people often think of is the sword and the stone, right? Sure. Merlin was the one who created the magic behind and actually placed the sword in the stone in the first place Okay. to bring about Arthur's you know, ability to pull the stone out and become king of England. Mm-hmm. So then we have Excalibur, which is a sword, in case you weren't aware. It wasn't. And depending on which story you tell, sometimes Excalibur is the sword he pulls out of the stone, but oftentimes he's not. It seemed to me like 
the earlier tellings of it, Excalibur wasn't the sword in the stone. And then he, he breaks that sword. So King Arthur clumsily. Breaks Excalibur? But he, no, he breaks the sword in battle that he took out of the stone. Okay. And then Merlin takes him to the Lady of the Lake, who gives him Excalibur. We love a Lady of the Lake. <laughs> Let's just talk about her all day. Yeah, you, you're more interested in her. Than... I love Ladies of the Lakes. Ladies of any body of water. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. And then we have the Round Table, right? King Arthur and Knights of the Round Table. Merlin designed and constructed the Round Table that Arthur and his knights sat around. So like the physical table. Yeah. Oh, okay. It was his idea. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I feel like King Arthur too often gets the credit for that. And this one is not directly connected to King Arthur, but legend also says that Merlin is responsible for creating Stonehenge as a burial place for one of his friends. Interesting. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, some depictions I saw were that he basically used giants to move the stones and things. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Yep. His prominent powers were shape-shifting and then prophecy. Some of the notable things he foretold in the traditional stories that people often think of. He foretold the greatness of both Lancelot and Tristan. He foretold... Arthur's interest in Guinevere and how that interest and love would eventually bring about the downfall of Arthur and his kingdom. The treachery of Morgan Le Fay. Morgan Le Fay was a sibling of King Arthur who at some point along the way steals Excalibur from Arthur. Merlin foretold that Morgan Le Fay was going to be treacherous. And then he also foretold the deaths of both King Arthur and himself. Well, that's depressing. Yeah. Where do all these stories come from? The thing is that all of these things about Merlin come from so many different sources. He is found all throughout Welsh literature and folklore. Some of the more prominent sources that people often refer to when talking about Merlin is the history of the Kings of Britain by Joffrey of Monmouth. He's often credited with creating Merlin. He was like the first long text to discuss him. And then we have La Mort d'Arthur by Thomas Mallory, which is essentially the original source for all things King Arthur, Knights of the Round Table, Camelot, all that stuff. But now I want to talk about his actual origins, which are a lot different than people usually think of. So, so far, based off all of these things that we see, he's seen as very powerful, but usually also very righteous and very, again, Dumbledore, Gandalf-esque. But in the spirit of Halloween, I thought we'd jump into who Merlin was at his origins in the medieval tradition and how we ended up with the Merlin that we think of today. While Joffrey of Monmouth is often credited with creating Merlin, scholars actually trace his origin back to pagan mythology. As everything comes from pagan mythology. Right, right, yeah. Unsurprisingly, pagan mythology. And most closely to the character of Merdin in the wealth tradition. Merdin was a prophet who eventually fled to the woods to live as a wild man. And when Merdin eventually becomes Merlin in the Christian tradition, he does retain his evil roots. The only reason that Merdin becomes Merlin is that in the language in which it was originally changed, Merdin was too close to a word that meant fecal matter. So they needed to change it and it, it became Merlin because of that. I thought that was a fun little tidbit. I love that. Fun fact, 
Merlin actually literally has demonic parentage. Of course. That's, yeah. Yeah. I was ready for that. His mother was a nun who claimed to never have slept with any man. Okay, that I was not expecting. And rather that Merlin's father was actually an incubus demon. Okay. I knew... <laughs> I know what a succubus is. I'm mm -hmm. I'm assuming an incubus is the male version of that. Correct. Yes. It was a demon that medieval people thought was capable of impregnating women. By what means? There were different versions of that that I found. Some say that this incubus demon snuck in and while she slept impregnated her somehow. There were other versions of the story where... Merlin's mother, you know, at first was like, I don't know how this happened. And then she was like, oh, wait, there is this like handsome young guy that comes around from time to time and like kisses me and like hangs out with me. In that version, she seems very like ignorant, sort of. And like, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Anyway, Merlin's father was a demon. Diamond. So Joffrey, who I mentioned earlier, who was often credited with creating Merlin in the beginning, he establishes Merlin's ties to the demonic but doesn't do much with that story. He sort of just mentions it and then moves on with the rest of his tales of Merlin. Don't pay attention to this. Yeah. <laughs> he was just like, this is the way that it is, but I'm just going to leave that there. It was then early English and French writers that take it a step farther and suggest that Merlin was created by demons to literally be the Antichrist. Whoa. Yeah. What? Right. They say that he was given such power so that people would be more convinced of his message and that he would eventually then be able to destroy the Christendom. All of his powers, most specifically his abilities as a seer, are literally tied to the fact that his father was a demon. So righteous character that we all think of these days and likely the source of inspiration for some of the most beloved characters we have today. His origins of both himself and all of his powers are entirely demonic. That's hilarious. So in the Middle Ages, there were different attitudes towards different kinds of magic, but magic done through demonic power was obviously the worst possible kind, as far as anyone would think. So I personally feel like if I heard of a character like this, I would imagine he would automatically be condemned as an evil character. But clearly Merlin was not, even in the slightest. This is because Merlin had so much cultural and historical weight in medieval England because of his ties to King Arthur. So his evil origins didn't really vibe with how people wanted to see him. So in the early French and English traditions, he's essentially immediately after birth put through a series of Christian rituals right after he's born so he can have Christian legitimacy. So that he may be blessed and not a daemon. Correct. They didn't completely write out the fact that his origins were demonic. They were just like... This makes it okay. Yeah, as soon as he's born, they're like, we're just going to wash him of all of that evilness. Interesting. But after these rituals, even upon denouncing evil, he's apparently given these extra powers from God, but he also retains the abilities he has from his demonic heritage. And essentially they're divided up like he has the abilities of a seer so he can see everything that is currently happening, everything that happened in the past. But now his godly powers enable him to be able to see into the future mm. as well. It's sort of how those powers are broken up. Got it. Now, the author of one of the more important articles in my research, Dr. Catherine Walton, 
talks about how it's honestly a shame that these evil origins are often left out of contemporary depictions of Merlin because it really leaves out a pretty cool like paradoxical nature to him that likely made him so interesting to medieval audiences in the first place. Anything you want to add that you... I was just thinking that out of all the characters in Lord of the Rings, it wouldn't be Gandalf that was based off Merlin. It would be Saruman. Mm, yeah, interesting. The white wizard, Saruman. Mm. Yeah, they're so similar. Yeah. Saruman and... What's the other name in... Uh, Sauron. Oh, Sauron, yeah. yeah. Why did they have to make those names so similar? I don't know. Just I get them confused. I Googled it because I get the two pronunciations I know, confused. and you're such a big fan. I know. So. But one of them has a U, and the other one, I don't think that... Anyway. So, I'm curious, and this is sort of going into the debate section of this. Percentage-wise, and I know you don't... I guess you don't have a lot of background knowledge on this subject, which is, is, again, really surprising to me. But, like, of all the legends, this is the one you have least, like, mm-hmm. background knowledge on. But of fact versus fiction, percentage-wise, how much would you say you think this fact versus fiction with the whole King Arthur genre of legend? Well, first of all, I don't know that much about this legend because it's not weird enough for me. I like the, the cryptids and the morbid things and mm-hmm. the... I don't know. I, the things that I, I read about and enjoy are either scarier or weirder than human beings who sure. have a little magic. Like, that's about it. Um, anyway, sorry. I would say, from what I know about Knights of the Round Table, King Arthur, Lancelot, Merlin, which, again, is not a great amount, I would say probably 30% of it is based in fact just because people back then, like, legends and folklore and passing on stories was like how you bonded with your family. It was how Mm. you passed down hope. It was how you ignited um, a fire under people and made them, you know, want to believe in something. It's what little kids dreamed about so that they could grow up and be Lancelot. Like, so it wouldn't surprise me if these people were based off of very real people Mm -hmm. and, and that they just translated into fictional characters for people to digest more easily. Mm -hmm. I could see Merlin being thrown in as the glue that kind of holds all Mm. the stories together because, well, how did we even get Arthur? Well, he has to come about in some, like, wild way. So, like, I don't know. I would say that there probably were some very significant people that Merlin would have been more like a great politician Mm. who just had had a way of working people, not necessarily magic Mm -hmm. and that Lancelot was this great soldier and that King Arthur maybe was a leader but you know not to the extent that he's portrayed now but again I don't have that much knowledge of the legend but I always assume that at least 15% of everything has to something has to be true yeah I mean I yeah so I and it saddens me to say this but my brain goes closer to like 10 maybe even like five percent is fact of king arthur's story yeah king okay. arthur i well more specifically merlin like okay. i like i feel like it's a little more with king arthur just because how culturally significant mm-hmm. king arthur is sure as a legend so i feel like his maybe a little bit more there's maybe a little bit more substance a little bit you know more what? fact in there but i'm changing my answer okay i think for merlin just merlin I would say about half of it is true, and I'll tell you why. There are too many things in the world 
that we don't have an origin for. Alchemists were real people. Mm -hmm. Whether or not you believe that they were able to chemically turn things into gold or, you know, make potions that did X, Y, or Z, whatever, they were real Mm -hmm. scientists, quote unquote, back in their day that did things that people were genuinely like, that's magic, that's demon, that's witchcraft. And it wasn't, it was just science. Aside from alchemists, you have things like the Voynich Manuscript, which is something that we will talk about eventually I because say, I can see the light in your eyes. It's, I have no idea what that is. It is it is a book, a manuscript written by we don't know who in a language that we cannot read with plants that are not on the face of the earth anymore hmm. and depictions of things that in all for all intents and purposes look real. They look like what we have but like slightly different. Anyway, somebody had to have written that. Somebody had to have put the stones together for Stonehenge. Like, there are just Mm. so many things where I'm like, you know what? If that many people are saying Merlin did X, Y, Z, I wouldn't be surprised if he just had, like, a little bit of a a hobby, Mm. you know? And he looked like a magician. And so that, that spread like wildfire. So don't get me wrong. It's not true in the sense where people saw him do all these magnificent things. Mm -hmm. But I would not be shocked even a little bit to find out that this was a real person and he was just an alchemist or a philosopher that disagreed with a lot of other people or I don't know he he was he disagreed with a lot of people at first so they they claimed him from demon or, origins and then once he agreed with them again they were like oh never mind we blessed you it's okay like <laughs> I don't know like there's just I'm going to give it a 50%. That's a really high percentage. Yeah. Well, this is what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah, valid. I mean Again, it saddens me, and I hate to keep bringing this up, but it's literally blowing my mind that this is not a legend you're interested in. Because King Arthur, Knights of the Round Table, Camelot, Holy Grail, like all that stuff, that's like baseline like legend for me. Like that's like <laughs> the original legend that I always think of. But you also have to look at it this way. You know how you just said that you have a hard time enjoying movies that are so hyped up? Yes what joy- enjoyment would I get out of reading about Camelot when literally everybody? knows about Camelot there's no niche in that there's no interest in that there's no intrigue in that Hmm. speaking of the holy grail I don't know I skipped this one over earlier for some reason but in like the original version of the hunt for the holy grail or whatever Percival is the knight who finds the holy grail and guess who his like primary advisor was Mm -hmm. in that process yeah Merlin again more credit needs to be given to him sure but anyway I'm not going to lie to you. You said a ton of things while you were reading off these stories that yeah. I had literally no idea what you were talking about. What do you mean? Um, you said names that I did not know as though I should know them. One of them was like Timber or something. Titus? Timberus? Tristan? Tristan. Yeah. I was like, who's Tristan? <laughs> I was like, I don't know Tristan. Do another, you know Tristan? A, another knight of the round table. Okay. Another significant didn't one. Didn't know him. Who else did you say right when you said him? It was like somebody in Lancelot? Tristan. Lancelot? Oh, I knew Lance a lot. Um, I'm guessing you didn't know Morgan Le Fay. No, absolutely not. Do you know Galahad? No. Okay. But that sounds like a Gandalfy name. Galahad is another one of the great like Knights of the Round Table, and like the more popularized version of the story of the Holy Grail. He's the one, like he's the Grail Knight who finds the Holy Grail. See, maybe this is a this is a learning moment for us that instead of surprising each other with these stories, 
we should give each other the topic so that way we can do the research so that I know what you're talking about so I can offer more and hmm. you and vice versa to you I mean maybe but I also feel like it was cool for you to like I be stupid on, on live air I mean I guess it depends on how you want to come off as but I thought it was cool that you learned so much about it as we talked I'm about gonna it go read about it now yeah it's interesting right Again, I mean, I and I think I've talked about this before on the podcast, but like I have sort of a hero complex that I think comes with comes from. I don't think you have a hero complex. You don't have a hero complex. I think you like to romanticize life. Yeah. Through the lens of being a hero. Yeah. And I think all of that comes from my interest in King Arthur and things like that. I feel like more people gravitated towards like the fairy tales. I gravitated towards King Arthur. And I gravitated towards Mothman. Yeah, you were you were really weird. <laughs> I'm also just curious what you think about, and I think I know your answer to this, but what do you think about how people talk about Merlin today? And do you think it should be told with his more like honest origins? Like, do you like the more like dark element to him or not? I love a dark element. Mm-hmm. I think you know that. I think you knew I was going to say that. I love his original origins in the sense that I love bringing back things that were taken away because of X, Y, Z. Like, I enjoy that. But I think every mother on the face of the planet that takes their child to Disney World to meet Mickey in his Merlin costume would quite literally throw a fit if we said that that was demonic. Yeah. So I think what we have created around Merlin has then created magic in general for our generation, our society. And I would not trade some of the things that we have just to have a dark Merlin. Hmm. That's fair. I just think that the dark part just brings more depth to him. And I think that like maybe that's something that is already sort of there for characters like Gandalf and Dumbledore. Or maybe I added in, you can tell me, when I think of Dumbledore or Gandalf, I think in my mind, I always assume... Like, there's some mystery to their backgrounds, yeah. I feel like. And so, in my mind, like, there's some... Like, they have some stuff going on behind the scenes that, 100%. like, is not just 100% quote-unquote boring and that they are righteous all mm-hmm. the time. Everything they ever did was good. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. I like the mystery there and that there there's more to their character than just plain good i would agree with that yeah and so maybe the way it is today like instead of having the dark element there they just like sort of leave it mysterious that that could be true or i mean you could even utilize the dark element to your benefit in saying that you know these were his dark origins but he still chose to do all this good you know you can rise above what you were born into or you don't have to be you know your your situation you can Mm -hmm. be whatever you want that might be inspirational but yeah i don't think that i would trade what we have now well i'm glad i got to teach you a little bit or a lot about i was about to say one of my favorite legends don't don't expect it to happen too often but that was uh that was really cool to learn i'm gonna have to read more about it blown away All right. Thanks for tuning in today. If you would like to follow us on Instagram, you can do so at legendlogicpodcast. If you want to send us a message, you can email legendlogicpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Bye!